0: Hello, good friends, and welcome to the first ever episode of the 10,000 Lamps Podcast. We are a Minnesota Timberwolves podcast as part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Radke, and I'm here with my dear good friend, Julian Andrews. Hey, Kyle. Good to be back. Julian, uh, I think first things first, we have to tell the people who we are. Um, quick background my name is Kyle Radke. Uh, if you follow the Timberwolves, you might recognize me. I actually worked for the Timberwolves for seven years, uh, putting content on the website. We actually launched the Timberwolves uh, podcast network and the Lynx podcast network uh, a few years ago. Uh, Julian and I did so as a team, and um, unfortunately, the COVID pandemic uh, hit the Timberwolves as, as it's hit um, you know, the, the entire world, and we found ourselves out of a job. Well, here we are. He can't, he can't keep us down <laughs> um yeah
1: try again next time world yeah
0: um no we're, we're so excited and and um we're going to talk about the timberwolves obviously uh but as timberwolves fans know like when your team's not very good which we'll get to in a bit uh sometimes it's not fun to talk about all the time so we're going right. to f- talk about a, a lot of stuff whether it's uh, the rest of the NBA, uh, Kylie,
1: are you saying? Just let me let me get this straight. Are you saying that you don't think the Wolves are going to be very good? Well, I, I,
0: we'll, we'll <laughs> okay, to, I guess we'll, we'll get, get to there. This. Well, the, the funny thing is, ten thousand layups um, podcast. Ironically, the Timberwolves have actually missed ten thousand layups this season already. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. that's true.
0: Um, no, but like we are so excited to, to have. Uh, you listening and, and hopefully if you listen to the layup line at over at the Timberwolves and, and you're coming over and um, you're excited to have us, uh, we, we had some really nice notes on, on Twitter, which I did not expect. Uh, so like, we thank you. And then for people that are new, uh, thanks for joining us on this, on this new journey. And we couldn't be more excited to, to join for the basketball sure. podcast network.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm Julian. I worked for the Timberwolves for a lot less time than Kyle did. Kyle actually hired me. Um, so shout out to Kyle for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of kicking off my, you know, we could say career in sports, but I've, you know, I only worked in sports for the Timberwolves and now I do more other kinds of communications and whatnot. But I'm really stoked to be doing this podcast. It was really kind of uh, probably my favorite part of my job when I worked at the Timberwolves. So I'm glad that it's back. Um, and it's going to be nice to, I'm not going to say say whatever we want, but, you know, everything that we used to be able to hint at. You know, when we did the layup line, we'll kind of start saying, saying out loud. So um, don't expect like, you know, aggression and flames because we're still, I think, you know, reasonably nice guys and we support all the people over at the Timberwolves and we like them. But at the same time, you know, get ready to be held accountable by Kyle Radke.
0: It is funny. I know that. (laughs) Yeah. Because like people have asked me about that. They're like, well, now you can actually say what you want. And it's like, I mean, you watch, like everybody watches the games. Like we all know. Yeah. Like, right. I'm not going to tell you something that, uh, you know, nobody knows. Like, I mean, and I'm not going right. to be like maliciously mean about it. Um, you, you bring up a good point because when we did work for the Timberwolves, they were very like in, in I get it because like, this is their job and their livelihood and your job is to promote the team. But like, I, like some of the things that we said, I, we didn't even think was bad and they told us we couldn't. Say yeah. So like and, and we're not going to get super excited about like if somebody has like a 10.10 10 rebound double double like we did before. Um, while we are Timberwolves fans at heart, still, I, I think we could say, um, oh, yeah, this is going to be a more realistic podcast about where they are, what's next. Um, and but and like also, we're going to have a lot of fun guests, and we have our first guest this week already. Yeah, um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, H- Haley O'Shaughnessy, formerly of The Ringer um she's doing watch s- out she's, for that. she's doing a bunch of new stuff now and we're excited to talk to her about it um i didn't know if she'd message me back she did so that was nice yeah shout out haley for messaging kyle back that's, that's <laughs> I really nice i appreciate it um okay <laughs> julian let's dive in um so the timberwolves they're they're t- we're recording this on a sunday morning so the timberwolves have a game tonight against the spurs yep. um they they played on saturday night against the spurs and they lost carl anthony towns is back that's nice really nice Uh, but but they're two and seven julian if you could just like talk about like if there's one thing after nine games that you've learned about this team what is it
1: i mean i think the only reasonable thing that you can take away from the last nine games is how important carl anthony towns is to the wolves system and i mean that seems extremely obvious because he's their best player and he's you know, one of the best players in the league. So of course, when he's not there, you notice. Um, but just the way that the Wolves are built around Towns, I think it's like what we've been asking for, you know, for, for the last several years. And now here we are, with the team built around Towns and Towns goes down and it is like totally rudderless. So, You know, I'm not, like, willing to make any, like, huge assertions about the, like, future of the team, or, like, I think all this, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this, I think a lot of the discussion about, like, oh, no, like, we don't have this draft pick, like, that, that feels a little premature to me, just given that, you know the standings are still really close and there haven't been that many games and towns has been out and now he's back. So there's like a lot of reason I think to think that things are like could start turning around. But my biggest takeaway is that, Yeah. Finally, the team's built around towns. So I guess that's the positive spin on it. And then the negative side is without towns, this team is in
0: trouble. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Um, yeah. Like it is too soon. I did write an article um, like last week, saying that, wondering if the Timberwolves should start tanking. <laughs> like, okay, that was really premature. But, like, at some point, and, and I guess I didn't realize Towns would be back this soon. It seemed more like a February thing. Yeah. So, me too. like, the fact that he's back already is, like, you feel pretty good. Um, I guess my, my angle was, like, if he doesn't come back until February and you're 5 and 20 and you don't get your pick unless it's in the top three, it's like, well, now you're playing these games where like you have to figure it out but like we're not there yet and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll probably get there eventually but we're not there yet um okay so i'm glad you said that about towns because like last night towns um had a great game against against the the, the spurs and by the time you're listening to this there's probably like there might be another game already played or there, there for sure will be but like i mean towns has uh like 25 points 14 rebounds uh i, th- I think he had four assists and three blocks right like yeah. And it was pretty clear that he wasn't, like, that risk was not 100%. Um, Timberwolves lose in overtime. But I guess my, like, the biggest takeaway, and maybe this is just, like, the Minnesota pessimistic sports fan in me. Bring it on. Is, okay, so Towns is out, right? And, which. Stinks that that's like you don't want him to be out, like he's gone through so much, like last year, missing time, and obviously, um, everything he's dealt with during the offseason. Like, that was like the worst way for the season to start. But there's part of you that's like, okay, like we have D'Angelo Russell and we have Malik Beasley and we have Juancho Hernan. Go like we made these signings, and um, like you, you got uh, in you know, the trades over the last few years, like, let's see what these guys can do when they're like the guys, right? And um, I was pretty against the Malik Beasley four-year, sixty million dollar deal, and after nine games, he actually looks pretty decent. So, um, it's it's you know he's I think he's averaging like nineteen points, and he's shooting thirty eight percent. So it, he's been fine. Um, Juancho Hernan Gomez like probably shouldn't be a starting power forward in the NBA for a team making the playoffs, but that's not here nor there. I think if you're a Timberwolves fan, like your biggest gripe is that D'Angelo Russell is probably not like the He he might be a star in the sense of like he's might be be able to be your third your third best player on a good team, but the fact that like we marketed him as this one B to Carl's one A, it's pretty apparent that he's not that. Yeah, I mean
1: he is a max player because he gets a max contract. Yeah,
0: and (laughs) but yeah, and I get it because if you're Gerson Rosas and you're the Timberwolves fan base, you're thinking to yourself, well, no, 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 like all right pump the brakes on the d'angelo russell negativity i turned andrew wiggins contract into d'angelo russell well and you know p- plus a first round pick and i get it like i get it but just because you got rid of a bad contract doesn't mean the player that you're acquiring is going to be re- like i guess for me yeah watching him i would like a little bit more leadership and um it, like my my hot take that I I, I uh, was texting one of my buddies last night during the game. My hot take was that like the perfect role for D'Angelo Russell is in like an enhanced Lou Williams role, and like that's I mean maybe... Uh, yeah maybe, that's not what you want to hear maybe, if you're a Wolf fan, maybe, but... <laughs> and it's too far and like I'm sure I'll hear about it, but um where like and then like I'll I'll keep ranting here and I'll let you talk eventually. I promise. Um, that's okay. But that's like cool. watching the game against the Spurs on Saturday night. It's at the end of the game. You, you, you Towns is in the game. We're all wondering, like, what's going to happen? And, like the, like, the clear answer is probably a pick and roll with Carl. And then you have Beasley in the corner and, like, whatever. You try to figure it out. Okay, Ricky comes and, like, they do this fake screen and, uh, you know, just a slip screen and Ricky goes through and then Carl comes up to the screen. Russell calls him off and he shoots just, like, a boneheaded shot. And, I mean, and that's where, like, if you're Ryan Saunders, that makes him look bad because he's under fire the way it is. Um, and it's like, well, there was clearly a plan there and Russell just didn't want to do it where I wonder like if, I don't know, I just, it, it's frustrating. I, it's really tough
1: because I think that there's kind of this, this tension right now where it's like, you want Russell to be the leader and you want him to be a star cause Cat is out. Right. But then he gets that in his head and he's like, I have to be the leader. I have to be the star. I have to take these shots. But right now, like, I think I texted you this, like he's shooting shots that there are maybe three or four people in the league that should be shooting. You know, like he's shooting shots like he's Lillard or Harden or, you know, one of these like really elite deep guys, like ISO guys. And he's not one of those guys. And so I don't know. Like, yeah, you trade for him and you say one B probably. Yeah. He's more of like, you want him to be your second star, but like ideally your second star should be able to carry your team when your first star is out. But then I was thinking about it this morning and it's like, if you look at the teams where Russell has been the best player. Like, we knew this, right? Like, we knew that he, he couldn't be a good player on that good of a... Or the best player on that good of a team. Because the Warriors sucked last year. The Nets... You know, that one year that he kind of broke out on the Nets and then eventually was traded. Like, he was really good. um, But that supporting cast was also really deep. Like, that was, you know, that was Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. Like, all these guys who can also kind of score and carry a team. So... I don't know. It's kind of I kind of just wonder. I, I'm like thinking to myself. I'm like, how did I get to the point where I, I like I expected that Delo could do this, and I think it was like a just a great spin job. But I also, you know, like we just have to recalibrate our expectations because yeah, he's not a first. He's not a star on a good team. No, like, and and it, what he does like on the court is more complimentary to what Cat does than what Wiggins did, and I think that's pretty undeniable. Um, So I, I still, to me, that trade is still a net positive. Obviously, we have to wait and see what happens with this draft pick. Obviously, worst case scenario, I'm not telling Wolves fans anything they don't know here, but worst case scenario is that the Wolves finish with like the fourth or fifth pick and lose it, right? So you either have to tank and then like, if this season goes totally south, you're not in that bad of a spot because you add another really high draft pick to this and like, you know, Anthony Edwards is looking good. I'm sure we'll talk about him. But it's like, that's you do not want to end up in kind of this middle ground and like to me that's the biggest risk right now. Like if I had to bet on what was going to happen with this season, it's that we won't make the playoffs and we'll lose the pick. Because I because I don't think with cat I don't think this team is horrible. Like I think cat seems like the defensive improvement seems very real for him and you know he's an elite elite guy and you know so I don't know I'm very I'm very concerned uh, that that we're just going to kind of end up in this no man's land and I think Dilo has a lot to do with that because if he was better he would be able to carry the team when Cat is out and I guess if he was worse then <laughs> we just like have a higher draft pick
0: yeah it, it, it's hard and like I get in I mean when, when a player gets tossed around to multiple teams and like they, they get like the I can't even think of like a, a, a comparison right now but it's like Okay, you, you can look at every single move that, like, white teams got rid of Russell in a vacuum and say, like, oh, that makes sense. Like, the Lakers, like, he had the immaturity issues there, and I think yeah. they were just, like, basically going star hunting and they wanted to get rid of all their guys. Okay, so, like...
1: The Lakers also, at that point, weren't a super well-run franchise. No. So, yeah 100%. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then he goes to the Nets, right? And then he actually is like, okay, I think he made an all-star game and, and like, they made the yeah. playoffs, and I, th- yep. I think they got swept real quick, but... Um, Okay, and then then you think like okay, they got rid of him to the Warriors because they were going to bring in Kyrie and it's like okay, that that makes sense. And then yeah. he goes to the Warriors and you're like, "Well, he's not going to fit in with Clay and, and Steph." It's okay, that makes sense. But I mean, if he was if if every franchise thought he was like this top 20 guy, he wouldn't keep getting traded. So somebody would have been like, "Okay, we'll figure it out. Like the fits
1: weird, but we'll figure it out." And nobody's said that. Yeah.
0: Which I mean, And if you're Minnesota, like, you have to be realistic, too. Like, he's a friend of Carl Anthony Towns. You want him to stay. Um, you know, he, you're in a market where you're not attracting a bunch of stars the way it is. Um, so whatever. I mean, like, I'm probably overreacting. Um, I just, like, that's been my one takeaway where it's like, maybe, like, we should pump the brakes on this, like, you know, Russell Towns multiple. We're going to go to NBA Finals. Like, it's probably not, we're not, we're not there. Meanwhile, Wiggins in, um, golden state they're they're golden states five and four by the way wiggins uh 18 points five rebounds two assists shooting uh 40 from the three-point line this year so um i mean whatever like
1: yeah i'm not stressing that too much we've we've seen that dance (laughs) from wiggins before too yeah also like he was so bad at the beginning of the season and i'm glad he's turning it around like i like
0: wiggs i hope he does well there Okay, but yeah, I'm not like too worried about that. I agree. 100. Um, percent We've been through the uh, Wiggins Fools Us for five games and then yeah. <laughs> turns in, and he's like Andrew great guy, um, but not always a great basketball player. okay. Um, uh, let's talk about some of the young guys. Um, like so you mentioned Anthony Edwards and um, he's been really good. Yeah uh, and like obviously he has like rookie blunders and like he does stuff where you're like, okay, that's dumb. but then he realize like he's 19 years old. Uh, and that's what people like. Whatever, like he's in the NBA. Um, the, I mean Lamelo Ball too. Like he, he just became the youngest player in the, the like league history to get a triple double, which is seems really really good because there's been a lot of good players. But yeah. like so far, Anthony Edwards, your your thoughts? I like him a lot. I I mean. I... I think that I was I was texting with a couple of my
1: friends about this. I think that this is one of the problems in like the media right now. Like somehow Anthony Edwards got assessed as like having a bad attitude or like not caring about basketball, and you know turns out he's just like a, a nice chill dude. Yeah. You know, and like somehow that got misinterpreted as like not wanting to work. Which I I don't know. I'm sure we could like really dig into why that uh, is the case. But I think he's exactly the type of guy you want in your building like you know he's seems like a really good teammate and like a good culture guy he's confident which i love like i know that, I love that. sometimes I young players get labeled as cocky but like i want my number one overall pick to believe in his abilities you know that's great that's exactly what i want so i mean he's raw he needs a lot of work like there's i think you hit the nail on the head like he's young he's gonna do stuff that you're like why did you do that but at the same time like,
0: yeah, he's great. I'm all in. I don't know. I don't really have an in-depth analysis. I just really like him. No, I, I think, like, the confidence thing is huge for me because, like, we've seen that before, like, where, uh, you know, a young player comes in and there and, like, I think a great example of it is Jarrett Culver last year where he came in and, like, in a similar situation to Edwards, actually, where, like, he didn't have summer league um, – just due to, like, the the NBA's draft trade rules and whatever. Um, And then, like, it was pretty clear, like, Culver wasn't ready for the NBA yet. And then his confidence, you could just see, like, just get sucked out of him, which that stinks to see. And, like, Culver's actually – Horrible, yeah. Culver's numbers, actually, i surprised, like, after looking at him this morning, is not as good as I thought they were. Um, But he just looks more confident, which is a win for me. Um, But with Edwards, yeah, there's, like, that fine line between, like, the annoying confidence – of like okay like you're not that good you haven't arrived yet and then like the i just believe in myself and right now edwards is on the i just believe in myself and whatever totally we'll figure like and that's great and um like he's he's certainly gonna have humbling moments like saturday night uh he could have went for a dunk to put the game within one and the bulls could have fouled and then they would have had another shot but he tried to kick it out which like you get um a lot of things yeah. going on but yeah anthony edwards i think so far and so far like uh also everybody that's called this draft class week which i was part of that group i will say that um so far doesn't really seem that weak a lot of fun guys yeah seems like maybe that like wiseman like lamello and and uh, edwards the top three guys like it looks like they're gonna work out and then there's you know yeah. a bunch of other fun guys uh yeah I, t- I totally agree a segment we have on our show on the layup line um it's called the ben simmons three-point watch <laughs> uh yeah. we don't get to use it very often julian uh well there's nothing to watch that uh, what's well, well i mean he he's made one. Oh, he has he made how one. did i not notice he made one uh, i think it was uh it was sometime this week um he was in the corner he didn't hesitate the bench went wild uh last year he made two will he go over or under two three-pointers made this season oh god last year i took the over on 10 so i feel like i have to
1: take i have to take the over on two i'm like i bought it at this point over he's averaging 0.13 on 0.2 attempts per game so i think that yes over the course of the season that would give him
0: uh seven maybe we'll have kevin o'connor on from the from the ringer (laughs) um to talk about this because like when i watched that play he did it so like he wasn't thinking like it was just uh muscle memory whatever it was just he got the ball i'm wide open this is what humans do in the in the corner um (laughs) at the three-point line and like he made it which is great i wonder just why like why can't we just do that every single time like why every time he gets it on the top of the key why not just shoot because eventually he's gonna he's gonna need that but um all right uh we'll talk about that later uh one more of a of kind of a serious topic here um uh, like we're not surprised by this at all i don't think just given the way that it's worked out in other sports leagues um like the nfl i think like kevin stefanski that the, the browns are playing a playoff game uh, on yeah they played on sunday and he's at home and he, and he can't watch and like um so obviously covid has has uh to, to you know to like the fact that we're talking about players not being able to play for teams because they were exposed or like they're sick and likely to recover is like on the high, like the hierarchy of importance. I realize where that's at. So I don't want to sound insensitive at all. Um, Cause I, re- I realize a lot of people are dealing with much bigger things. Um, but with, with, with that being said um, our like, I mean, Jason Tatum, he's going to be out for 14 days. Kevin Durant is just getting done with kind of a, like a seven day quarantine. Um, uh, the, the mavericks a player tested positive and, and there's two contact tracing uh michael porter jr missed his fifth straight game due to it um are, are you concerned at all that, that this is going to be a, a bigger deal down the stretch and something the nba can't handle uh yes
1: is the, short, is the short answer yes I like I'm very concerned about COVID I mean I, I, I think the NBA might have gotten a little cocky just given how well the bubble worked um, and obviously you know that bubble was awesome you know like they did a really good job so like credit to them um, but obviously that's not sustainable for the whole season and so you know I totally understand why they chose not to have a bubble and I completely understand why the players didn't want a bubble because that would be horrible for them Um, But, yeah, it's definitely going to be a problem. And am I worried to the extent of... This is a tough one because it's like, am I worried that the season will be canceled? Like, no, probably not. I think they will probably figure it out. Slash, I think that the, you know, financial forces in play will lead the NBA to do everything in their power to not cancel the season. Whether or not you think they should be playing the season is is like a different question. But yeah I'm very worried I really hope I mean the the nightmare scenario is that like a player gets really sick or, or, or like god forbid dies mm-hmm. and so you know I I just don't want that to happen I, I think that would be the the absolute obviously the worst case scenario for the league and for everyone and I really hope that they're careful like I hope that all of these people who are out is because the NBA is doing a really good job of contract tracing and making people isolate you know, and I think that like if the quality of play is the price that we have to pay for safety, then it's completely worth it. But yes, I'm very concerned.
0: Yeah, I I, I think you're I think you're spot on. Um, it's, um, you know, I guess my concern is that we're going to get to the point where it's like the NFL, where um, like the NFL, the, the luxury there is like you only play one game a week. But you can tell yeah, uh, once the NFL got through like week eight or week nine and like it was clearly becoming a problem they just instead of like you know like there's no there's in no world should the like you play a football game on sunday and then on monday four players in that game tested positive um yeah which right for for teams that like i think like the ravens right like they had like a bunch of players test positive and then like the week after that like three more players did and it's like okay so like we were just gonna like you guys were gonna play the game no matter what uh and i guess yeah that's like my concern is like you know if you know, Jason Tatum's doing a two week uh, where he's sitting out, and like that's eight games. You know, that's ten percent of the season, um, in, in a shortened season. You know, even a, a little bit more than that. So it's like, you, you know, you can see a point where, where there's two weeks left in the in the season, and uh, X team is a, a game back, and all of a sudden, like you know, three other like how honest are like you know, again, the bigger picture is players' health, but at what point does um, you know, do you take a step back and you look at, okay, like there's money to be made here and let's ignore these things. And
1: yeah, I mean, look what happened to the Dodgers, you know, like, yeah, I, I really hope that we can trust the NBA. And there is like a part of me that is like, they've been on this before. So I do feel like in some sense, they've earned the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. but you know, we have to be paying attention because yeah, whenever this amount of money gets involved with anything, it can get
0: really, really weird. It's true. And we, we I mean like there's no reason not to trust the NBA because they have handled all of this uh right. seemingly really well. But it's uh it's concerning. Um, expect, like just looking at these games and seeing these players out for um extended amount of time. And we're early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. And and they, and I mean the challenging thing here it's 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 like, you know, yes, we're not in the bubble, which means players can go home to their families, which like they should be able to do, but also uh, you know, is a kid. You know, if your kids at school or if your kids at a daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like th- then you're basically asking your whole family to 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 be really safe, which they should be anyways. But like, you're you're kind of restricting what they can do as well. Um, and if you know a, a player's partner is going to work or you know whatever, and right. somebody tests yep. positive, then it's like that trickle down effect of like, uh, what like how do we handle that? And um, it's something we're all kind of dealing with. Um, but you know, unfortunately for us, Julian, we are not paid millions of dollars to play basketball. We are just <laughs> yeah, sitting right. in our houses working from home. So yeah, it's a little different. Uh, okay. Looking at the standings through, um, what are we, I mean, like we're three weeks into the season or whatever. Um, w- what's the most surprising part for you?
1: Well, do you want to go first? I feel like I've gone first on all the yeah. questions. No. Do you want to hit some of your hot
0: takes? Yeah. So I have two things. Um, I, I was talking about LaMelo Ball before. Um it turns out like he's pretty good. Like like I don't have like a player comp for him, but um it, it just seems like he's like the Jason the young Jason kid where like he couldn't really shoot and he has all like a, a you know a, some faults but like he does he he has such a good feel for the game. Um uh, and the Hornets are 5 and 5. And suddenly yeah. like the fact that they got Gordon Hayward and it's still a ridiculous contract and um, I don't know how like the the ball Rogier and Devonte Graham thing really works out. Um, whatever, it's just that they're in the middle of the standings in the East, and they have the same record as the Brooklyn Nets through 10 games, um, which is promising. And I, I think like if you're like the, the the Hornets and you're wondering if we made the the right decision uh, w- with your pick, you feel pretty good. Um, um, like I'll go to the West quick, and I guess this really isn't a surprise. Um, it, it's more of this. I, I, it's it's kind of sad actually. Um, like the John Morant injury in in Memphis, like they're going to be really bad. Uh, yeah, and, it's and, too bad. And Jaron Jackson's still out, so um, it's disappointing. But like if you you know, look, they have their first round pick, Julian, and they're going to get a top five pick in an absolutely loaded draft. And you're going to look at their team, and you're gonna you're going to have John Morant, you're going to have Jaron Jackson Jr., you're going to have whoever this play, Clark this player's going to be and um like like obviously you were hoping that they were going to like make a run for an eight seed or seven seed um this might be the
1: better case scenario for the franchise as a whole though in the long run yeah
0: and like for me that's something i'm keeping an eye on like they like their core is going to get really really strong and that is uh that's you got to feel good about that if you're a memphis fan
1: yeah oh my gosh looking at the standings like how many teams do you think are not competitive right now because i'm looking at the western conference and it depends i mean it depends on how generous you want to be with the timberwolves but even if you say the timberwolves if you say the timberwolves don't look like a playoff team right now i would say you know probably probably right the they know the thunder have surprised i expected them to be horrible they're not um so what top 12 teams are all competitive like the rockets are the 12 seed and, you know, they can, like, string together a couple of wins. Like, I don't know. The Pelicans, like, didn't look great, but they're right there. So, it's just, like, a little bit of the early season. Everybody's relatively close just because not that many games have been played. So, you know, I'm, I'm like, aware of that bias. But I just, I feel like this year and several years going forward are just going to be really competitive, and that's great for the league. And then in the East, it's kind of the same deal. Like, the Bulls, probably not competitive. The Pistons, probably not competitive. The Wizards, unfortunately, I was kind of hoping that they that would too man. pull it together, but they don't look good. Uh, the Raptors look horrible. I'm not quite sure what's happening there. I, I feel kind of like so, even if you're like, okay, the Raptors and the Wizards might figure it out because they have a lot of talent, you know. At the very least, what are what like 11 competitive teams in the East? Yeah, and I mean, you know, so it's just it's awesome. I love it. The fact that the Knicks and the Magic and the Pacers are and the Calves are all these competitive teams now, they just it just like elevates you know what whatever game you could be watching on any given night like if you turn the league on you know it, the chances are you're going to be watching a good game which is awesome and there have been a lot of blowouts this season i have noticed that and i've read some articles around that but uh, like so many teams could realistically talk themselves into being play playoff teams right now and that's that's good
0: i i mean i did realize from the, the a lot of the timberwolves writers the uh the there have been a lot of blowout game articles or tweets came out after the timberwolves got uh blown out a lot but like yeah we have been blown out like seven times in a row (laughs) it seems like a very good timberwolves public relations uh tidbit to to put out there like oh that's
1: actually smart we've gotten
0: blown out a lot but hey uh there's actually been 80 percent more blowouts across the nba so you guys should write about that um speaking of the timberwolves and their upcoming schedule uh i had it pulled up here um okay so their upcoming schedule like i said we're recording this on a sunday so um, you guys will know what they did against the Spurs. My guess, and we'll see if I'm wrong, uh, is that Carl doesn't play because it's a back-to-back and that yeah. the, the the Wolves lose. Um, okay, but then the upcoming week, they have the the Grizzlies twice, the Hawks, and the Magic. If Carl plays in all of those games and, like, you're trying to, to stay competitive and you want to make a run for the playoffs, um, I mean... Like you, you almost have to go three and one during that stretch you have to take advantage of, of playing the Grizzlies without John ja Morant um, like the, the Hawks seem like they're legit and um, you have to figure that out like D'Angelo Russell trying to guard Trey Young might um, uh, for some that might be entertainment for some it might be torture. Um, and then the magic like you, like you have to you have to if you're a serious team trying to make the playoffs like those are games you win. Um, and it's like similar to like the Saturday nights game where you get 25 points, 14 rebounds, and um, four assists and three blocks from Carl, and you lose the game like against a, yeah. a team that's also kind of in that same boat as you. Like, that's super disappointing. So uh, we're gonna find out a lot about the Timberwolves in the next week. Um, we'll see, yeah, we'll talk to you guys before then, obviously, but like, um, I mean, like, there's a scenario where if the, the Wolves do okay there, we're looking at them being like four and seven or four and eight. And there's a yeah, sc- then you're right back in there. And there's a scenario where if things go wrong, you're uh three and eleven and it's like Yeah, you're not in a good place and um you know, uh if it, Julian, if you could rule one team out of the playoffs right now, like you're just like you basically are telling their fan base and, and their team like, Hey, you don't have to play another game, you you guys aren't gonna make the playoffs. In in the east and the west, if you could pick one team um of either conference, who would you pick?
1: Uh, I think the Pistons. Yeah, I think it's pack it up and go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they don't look good, uh, and I, they just—I I, mean—they just don't have the talent. Like, I, I like Blake Griffin, but you know he can't stay healthy, what, and what a, Hayes is out, and what yeah. a
0: weird roster too.
1: Yeah, sorry, I don't know Jeremy Grant. Like, I, I really like him, a good player, but
0: I—I it's and then, you know like okay, your best players like your 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 best player is probably Blake Griffin, um, and then your second like i guess like your promising player that showed uh some potential last year as a rookie was cq demboya
1: yeah so then what do you do still really
0: young what do you do you just sign jeremy grant and then you get mason or miles plumley um i forget which one but they got one of the plumleys from from denver it's like i don't understand i don't understand that
1: yeah that doesn't it's, make weird.
0: It, it's weird it's we- weird weird roster okay um we're going to do this cool thing throughout the throughout our podcast and um, it's it, it, I don't even want to call it a partnership because it's, it's really not and some of these restaurants won't even know we're doing this. Um, we, we want to focus in on a restaurant of the week. Um, it's, it's in Minneapolis. We're not getting anything from this. Um, we just want to, like obviously it's been a really, really hard year for, for a lot of people and um, I think like restaurant and small business owners are probably at the top of that list. Um, So we want to focus in on a restaurant every week uh, that you should go check out, uh, that we've tried, that Julian and I have actually, we've been to, I'll go first this week. Uh, It's a restaurant called Hazel's, and it's in northeast Minneapolis. It's about three blocks from my house, and I probably shouldn't tell you people where I live, but uh, it's close. It's on 25th and Johnson in the northeast area. I'm going to come find you now. (laughs) Come find me. Um, And if you want food that reminds you of your grandma's cooking, uh, or how you wish your grandma had cooked (laughs) Uh, hazel's is a place for you if you're going for breakfast you can't go wrong with an omelet if you're in the mood for an appetizer i can tell you from first-hand experience get the cheese curds you won't regret it Mm. um check them out if you're in minneapolis um you can tell them ten thousand layups sent you you don't have to we don't care uh just go support them they
1: won't know what you mean if you (laughs) say that (laughs) very (laughs) they'll they'll be very very confused but you
0: can tell them yeah they're like i don't understand what that means
1: (laughs) like all right cool (laughs) um that's cool what so what's the like how would you describe the? It's just like Amer, like American food. Yeah, kind
0: of, kind of like a little diner. Um, okay,
1: cool, nice. Yeah,
0: and like I, I'm not 100 percent right. Somebody can correct me on this, but I think it, like it opened a few years ago, uh, and it was basically that um, it was the restaurant was trying to mirror the the owner's like grandma's cooking.
1: Okay, and I, got it. I think it. her nice. name was
0: Hazel, and if you go in there, yeah, it's like super small town feel. Like you'll forget that you're in um, Minneapolis. Uh, like you feel like you know you're you're in a small town diner and um like a lot of cool artwork there's some boosts then um we don't know like when everybody can like feel good about eating inside again right um, yeah. but like especially like to go support them and then if you know it, whenever we do open inside and there's um you know patio seating i think i think they're it's, doing good they're, good, they're uh, doing good takeout the, options yeah we've got nice. we get their cheese curds like once a week that's awesome! Yeah. I gotta check this place out. See, this is why we do this. Yeah, I'm not like. Am I proud of myself that I have? No. Um, do I feel
1: good after I eat it? Yes. Kyle, you, you're you're supporting the local community. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. It's true. This is why you know. This is why you're considered a true ambassador of the. <laughs>
0: a true ambassador. Yes. Minneapolis. I won't be more specific about where you live. Community. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go check out Hazels. Um, Julian, good first episode.
1: Yeah, for real. This was fun. Um, yeah it's really nice to be back it's good to be talking it's uh, gonna be a really good season so i'm i'm excited and I, it's gonna be fun to just kind of figure out where we want to go with this podcast and build an audience and it's always fun to
0: be building something so it's 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 nice yeah i'm pumped uh this episode should launch on monday um we're in the process of putting up a, a, a twitter feed for for the uh the 10,000 lamps podcast. You can follow me on Twitter. If you want at Kyle underscore Radke, Julian, what's your, what's your Twitter, Twitter handle,
1: uh, Julian underscore Andrews underscore the double. You can't, you can't forget the last underscore because sometimes people forget the last underscore and then they tag someone else. Mm-hmm. All these Julian Andrews posers out there I, for real. Mm-hmm. They're trying to capitalize on my success yeah. for my
0: slightly viral tweet about Ja Rule. <laughs> it was a good tweet. I will <laughs> say it was a good tweet. Uh, So this episode will drop on Monday, I would guess. Um, So if if that's when you're listening to this, great. You know better than I do because you're listening already. Um, Our second episode will launch on Thursday. It will hit your feeds. Please subscribe, 10,000 Lamps Podcast. Uh, Haley O'Shaughnessy on Thursday. So we're excited. Julian, uh, thanks, my man. Um, Yeah, dude. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. See you next time.